welcome to the Parent Hub Live family podcast. Join us as we encourage, challenge, and partner with you to help bring your best to parenting. Each episode will feature a parent from our Bethany community, and we hope that their stories will inspire yours and will leave you with a few insights along the way. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Parent Hub Live family podcast. Uh, so glad that you've cho- chosen to join us wherever you are and however you're listening. Uh, this is an opportunity for us as a Bethany community to meet new people from Bethany or people maybe we've already known uh, from Bethany, uh, listen to their story, get to know their story a little bit, get to know who they are and what makes them tick as a parent, uh, things that they're passionate about as a parent, uh, and also hopefully along the way, just gain some insight. So thank you for joining us. As always, we're joined with Jen, uh, who co-hosts this wonderful thing we call the Parent Hub Live Family Podcast. Jen, thanks for being with us again today. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And today we have the distinct privilege, and I mean distinct privilege, uh, to be joined by uh, Jane Dulner. And I call Jane a super mom and parent champion. And I get the privilege of working with Jane uh, each and every day. And it is uh, such a privilege. Uh, She's got such a heart and passion for parents, for kids, uh, for enabling volunteers to love and to care for students uh, and kids. Um, Bethany is a much... uh, more caring and awesome place to be because she's here on staff. And so Jane, uh, we welcome you today. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I um, I do want to start off and just dispel um, this myth about a super mom. First of all, <laughs> a super mom is a mythological creature and um, she's not here today. But um, I do uh, love being a parent. I love being a mom. And I certainly do want to champion parents out there and help them to be the best parent that they can possibly be. Awesome. Awesome. And so again, for a lot of our listeners, I'm assuming they would know you from your work. Uh, uh, their kids probably have interacted with you. Uh, maybe they have interacted with you as a kid and are now a parent and interacting with pointing that out. <laughs> and so again, so this, you've been involved in, in kids ministry for a number of years. Uh, you've parented for a lot of years. And so you've got just this vast amount of, of this vast wealth of information and knowledge. And so I'm really looking forward to trying to just a, just a glean a little bit of that today. But first, I think, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Again, for those maybe that don't know uh, a, a lot about you, uh, why don't you first talk about your, your family um, and, then, and then just share a little bit about your faith journey, kind of where that started and kind of how that's grown through the years. Yeah, so I am a mom of four daughters. Um, three of them are married. I have four grandchildren. I'm going to have two more next month. So that's uh, going to be six little grandbabies and a grandpuppy. Had you the shout out for Finn. And um, so I've been a mom for all, for about 35 years. And um, it certainly is a journey, right? A family journey, because you start off as a brand new mom, and you really are different than who you are when you become that uh, grandparent. So um, my husband and I have been married for, uh, it'll be like 38 years this year. So um, that's a big deal. And um, yeah, I know, right? Hooray, hooray. I need an applause meter coming on. Um, And so, yeah, I first heard about Jesus when I was 10 at a backyard Bible club. And I think that was um, a very significant time for me because my, I had a brand new baby sister. I was just kind of 
displaced as the daughter in the family, right? And so I grew up in a non-Christian home. And so my neighbors next door and across the street took upon the responsibility of my spiritual education. And one family took me on Sundays to Sunday school and one family took me on Thursdays to girls club. So what um, an amazing uh, village that I was uh, living in to, um, to have that uh, adoptability in, into their families and their lives. So that's, that's where that um, kind of started. And uh, I did fall away from the Lord when I was a teenager, but uh, due to circumstances that happened in my life when I was 17, I came back to Jesus and um, met Hans shortly after that. And so, so we've been uh, together uh, for quite some time. And um, when I was 18, uh, a lady in our church asked me to help out in their girls club. And I had babysat, but I had not really done any kind of ministry at that point. And so I, at 18, became a girls club leader and honestly have not looked back. So that is about 40, oh, I don't even want to say it, 40 years of children's ministry. And so I was a volunteer for a long, long time. And even when we first came to Bethany um, in 1995, um, I had three kids at the time and um, had decided that I should take a break from kids ministry because I was doing quite a bit at the other church and Hans and I thought, yes, I need a break. Uh, so I lasted about six months before I got involved and quickly um, became in charge of a few things. And so I was homeschooling at the time. So I had a lot of extra time. And so I became what you might call a super volunteer and was there like all the time with my kids uh, preparing for a large group, doing all kinds of fun things at the church, right? And so um, when the job um, that I have now actually came up, it was almost a no-brainer to think about having that job. So I applied for the job. It was a very long process, actually. I think we applied in February and we didn't find out till May. So it was a long time to trust God to figure it all out, all the details of my life. And um, all my kids went back to school and it was a huge transition for us. But um, yeah, it's been great. I worked um, worked there for, what's that going to be, 18 years this May. And so um, it's actually been so much fun and uh, a lot of changes over the years. You know, other staff coming and going and kids. And you're right, Martin, a lot of the kids that were my kids when I first started are now my leaders and uh, their parents now. And it's um, it's exciting to see the cycle, that whole cycle continue and to make sure that there's always new, new people coming on board. And uh, I love it when kids that have been through our program can't wait to be leaders in the program. That to me says volumes about their experience and just how much the program has helped them. And then for them to wanna to join in and, and give back is very, very wonderful. And I love that, that, that we, we are benefiting, right? Like we're benefiting from those two families that took you under their wing and said, Hey, we're going to bring you to church. We're going to invest in your life. And then uh, that other uh, lady that kind of tapped you on the shoulder and said, Hey, I see something in you and I want to leverage that, right. Mm -hmm. For the good of these kids and for the good of God's kingdom. Right. And here we are years later, we're still kind of talking about those moments. And I just found that I find that so impactful not only 
um, you know, those people to recognize that in you and kind of mentor you and take you under their wing, but your willingness to say yes and to be open to that and just to say yes to the adventure that will unfold because of that, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, I think for us listening, I think that's, says, okay, hey, like we can be looking around us for those people, right? Whether they're, they're 17 or 18 or even younger to say, hey, what gifts, what skills, what passions do they have that we can, um, yeah, that we can kind of tap into, that we can leverage. Uh, and at the same time, it, it's opening a door of adventure for them. And so um, that's awesome. And I, mm -hmm. I love to hear your story. And as you're speaking, I've got this big smile on my face, just thinking, wow, Thank you, thank you, Lord, for uh, those families along the way that have invested in you and that in turn, you've said yes to Jesus and yes for this grand adventure and you've invested back. Um, mm -hmm. And I just find that so amazing. And you're right, like we're seeing that even now, right? Like people who've experienced, you know, uh, what God's doing in their life as a young child or as a student um, and see the benefit of that want to give back. And, and so that's, that's, just a, that's just really amazing. Thank you, for sure. Thank you for sharing that. For mm -hmm. sure. I agree. Thank you so much, Jane. But I'm still getting to know you because we've only known each other for a little while. So I'm wondering if you were to have met someone who's new to you, a stranger, what would be a couple things that they need to know to get to get along well with you? Well, I I am quirky. Okay, let's just say that. So there's probably a lot of little weird things, but I um I'm a seven on the um angiogram so I like to have fun I often am the instigator of trouble at a staff meeting when it's boring I am often doing something else during a zoom meeting because I just can't stand the monotony of um, you know just a long meeting so um, I like to have fun everything has to be a bit of a game I love jackbox so any time anyone wants to play jackbox they can give me a call I'm, I'm in um, especially you're going to hate this, but I really love the whole um, murder trivia party, like yeah. the killing floor thing. Like, I'm sorry, but I love that. It's that awful. I love it. But um, anyway, yeah. So I, I love flowers, but I hate gardening. So I like, you know, something nice, but I don't often like to put the work in. And I fiercely love my kids and my grandkids and I love spending time with them. So yeah, there's, so much more, I'm sure, to all of us, right? But um, yeah. those are just a few things. Hey, uh, just going to transition. I, I think today I want to talk a little bit about um, the, the parenting side and some changes and, and challenges you've had parenting, right? But then also some of the changes you've seen in parenting in general. Um, again, because um, you, you bring this wealth of, of information uh, to us today. So just off the top, just thinking of your own parenting through the years, what were some um, some of your parenting challenges that you faced, um, mm -hmm. and you know, maybe like were some of them you've you, you succeeded in, some of them you're still maybe even wrestling with even today. Uh, but uh, some of those parenting challenges that you've you faced. Yeah, well, it's I mean, it's obvious to say that each stage has its own set of challenges, right? Yeah. And yeah. Um, just as you're getting used to one thing that your child is doing, they, they transition to the next stage and you're like, hold it, wait a minute, I just figured you out, you know? Um, but it also has a lot of joys and accomplishments in each stage as well that you need to celebrate and you need to help your child to celebrate. So, and just like Orange says, uh, it's just a phase, so don't miss it. 
just when you think you've got it all figured out, they're going to move on to something else. So, and um, I think we've said this before, Martin, that it's the transitions sometimes that are the most difficult, right? And I think in a lot of times, kids are ready for the transition to the next phase before the mom is. And I think that's one of the hardest things you have to do as a mom is to let your kids take those steps and fall down and um, try new things before they, you know, before you think they're ready. And to just really give your child some of that freedom learning new things, transitioning to a new stage means more risks. It means um, more freedom for your child and less control that you have. But it also helps you to see them as the person they're, they're going to be when they grow up, right? Yeah. As, a, as a mom of four daughters, my job was to grow four independent, strong women who could handle the world and, you know, love love those around them and to make sure that they could survive in this world right and um and it's not an always easy thing to do when um my oldest was going into grade four we decided to homeschool and so we homeschooled for seven years and I know that was a huge transition for her and um and for me because you know used to having a lot of them at school and uh I was having our fourth daughter at the time and so we had a crazy busy household and it was a lot going on but I think we took things as they came sometimes and just had to give each other a lot of grace and a lot of support. When your child is 10, you can discuss with them the things that are happening and help them to reconcile what's happening in, in their own life as well, right? So um, it's a lot of talking and allowing your child to express their frustrations and um, their hopes and you as a parent try and alleviate the frustrations and make those hopes come true. So yeah, I think that was probably the most difficult transition that we had. I mean, once we got into the swing of it, those were the best seven years I think our family ever had, because we were all together, we relied on each other. It helped us to grow stronger, I think, as a family unit, for sure. Yeah. You, you mentioned something there that I think is uh, really key for parents to hear, right? That oftentimes our kids are ready to move on to that next stage before we are as parents. And, and so sometimes being predominantly in student ministry, I hear from a lot of parents that are struggling with that, that their kids are ready to move into that preteen or teen years, you know, hanging out with friends and, you know, media and, and, and all those social media and all those kind of things where parents like, okay, can we just put the brakes on this? Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think the natural tendency of a parent is to see some of those risks before a, a child does before a student does. Right. Uh, and, and then put the brakes on that. Right. And so I think, so I think for parents, um, rather than, than, uh, slowing that down or hindering that because that oftentimes causes friction right just even a change of mind to say okay how can I support them in this mm-hmm. transition right because oftentimes parents and I've done it too I've, we take these transitions and changes personally like we see our student we see our child <laughs> moving on it's like okay well they don't need me in the same way mm-hmm. right and and what they're saying is not I don't need you they they still need you but just differently if that makes sense, right? And so like our support as parents for them in those changes, in those transitions are key for them to actually successfully transition 
mm-hmm. into that stage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but oftentimes as a parent, we approach it from a state of fear, right? Like we do the risk analysis and we, right? Um, <laughs> we bring all our wealth and wisdom just crashing down on them. Um, it, rather than it being liberating for our kids, it becomes this hindrance in this point mm-hmm. of tension. Um, so I think, yeah, I think what you said there is just really key. And if parents could just kind of grab onto that, that, okay, in these transitions, my kid is, my child is going to be in, is, you know, going to want to jump in there ahead of time. And what can I do to support them? Um, Mm. And then, yeah. And then I think for the parent in those transitions, find other parents who can support you because you're going to need that support um, during those transitions because it's going to feel like you're losing your mind. Just, yeah, just, you know, I, I think a lot of times as a parent, you feel like you're losing your mind. You know, when you're when you have a young child at home and you you barely get a shower, you know, you feel like you're losing your mind. And when your toddler won't stop asking you questions and your six year old dismantles your whole house and just there's always something that's going to help you to lose your mind. Right. It's just a <laughs> continual thing. And um, and even if you have more than one child, do you probably have kids going through different things at different times, right? And so you're trying to juggle your your oldest child and give them the freedom to continue to grow, but you're still trying to keep your your younger ones in the stage that they're at, not trying to emulate the older sibling, right? So yeah, there's so many, um, there's so many challenges to parenting and so many things to juggle. And you really need to see it as an adventure because you know, that's really what it is because it's not just this part-time job you have until your child is 18, because let me tell you, after they're 20 and they're in university and they get married or they move out to a career or whatever it is, they still need you as a parent. It's just a different relationship. And I think continuing to build your relationship from when they're little is really, really important. Yeah. Yeah, I um, and you can comment on this, Jen or, or Jane. Um, one of the one of the uh, just the the, uh, the most um, beneficial things that that I remember hearing uh, and kind of taking to heart as a parent is was, was this statement: um, When your kids are old enough to choose their friends, make sure they choose you. Mm. Right, like put yourself in a position that they want you to be one of their friends, right? And I think you're talking about as your kids, as your kids grow older to teen and then adult years, right? Like literally they can choose the people that they wanna be with, right? Mm-hmm. And so the question is, am I, am I raising them in such a way? Am I the kind of person that they want to be a friend with me, right? And, and I think that's, that kind of can govern. If you use some, some of that, um, you know, that value to kind of govern how you parent, um, I think that can that can help you through some of those older transitions as your kids mm-hmm. age. For sure. I just want to sit here and listen to you both talk about this forever. <laughs> can we just not end this podcast ever? Because oh, man. everything you're saying is so applicable to my life, to the things that I'm sorting out. And I want to just say, like, I really appreciate that idea that, like, we're liberating our kids to live in the next phase of their life. Mm-hmm. And that we have to go with that instead of feeling like I, I tend to risk analysis <laughs> and, you know, and, and try to like pad that transition as best I can. But, but to trust them that they were given this moment is what I'm hearing you say. And like, 
that you also as a parent are equipped to do that is just so brilliant. But I do think it's a little hard to, to do it when you're having multiple transition stages in your home. <laughs> so how yeah. do you, my question is, this isn't in the script, but my question is, <laughs> how do you do parenting well when you're doing like, say a, a university transition, a high school transition, and you've got, you know, maybe a kindergartner floating around. Mm -hmm. Is there is there a secret sauce for that? <laughs> Unfortunately, no. <laughs> um, so, oh, man. so Jane, Jane, are, Jane is going to write a book on that. By uh, the way. I'm gonna call it, that's what I'm going to call it, Jen. The secret sauce. The secret sauce. All right. Parenting. That would be that would be awesome. So so my kids are quite spaced out. Um, like age age wise, so my oldest is um, going to be thirty five this year, and my youngest is going to be twenty five, right? So there's there's ten years, and so we had a lot of different stages going on at the same time. And I'll tell you, during those times, I spent a long, like I used to use bedtime because they were all such different ages. There was a lot of staggering for bedtimes, right? And I would use that to, um, you know, to talk with them for a few minutes, just make sure that they hadn't gotten overlooked that day because you know when there's four um you know sometimes somebody gets the most attention and <laughs> it's not always all four at the same time right so you want to make sure that that they were heard that day and that everything was good and mm. just to kind of feel where they're at and then to have that moment where you can pray for them and then and then they go to bed and everything seems to be like smooth and then you as a parent can go and you know relax or watch tv or whatever you're going to do with a bit of a clear conscience that you that you survived the day and you survived it well and um and that there's no one you know going to bed upset and angry and all that stuff but it really is just continually to cultivate um some one-on-one -on -one time with your kids um when my kids were really little my husband started taking them out for breakfast on their birthday and so that was like a a different thing for them and then as they got older he would take them out here and there for lunch or something like that and just to have that that one-on-one -on -one space to um to chat with them and if you're going i mean right now we're not going to the store or going places running errands the same but i would take one with me and i would give them a treat while we were out like they got ice cream or we got tim's or we got I don't think Starbucks was there at the time, but anyway, you know what I'm saying, right? Where yeah. you just give yeah. them some individual attention because when you're in a group of four, you don't necessarily always get it unless you're in crisis or you're having a meltdown or, right. or whatever. So, so no, yeah, just yeah. trying to make time for each one in, in an individual way and kids are different. They all need different things, right? Yeah. That's amazing. So how do you convince a parent? of that fact that they are actually the greatest influencers in their faith. Like they might point to you, they might point to, uh, you know, a small group leader as a, no, 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 like these people out there are the chief influencers. How do you convince a parent to say, no, 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 like you actually are kind of carrying the weight of this and the privilege of this. Influencing by the sheer uh, comparison of time that you spend with your child compared to the time that I would spend with them or their small group leader would spend with them is is really the biggest factor because if you think yeah. about it if you bring your child to kids zone every sunday for 52 weeks okay that's if you come every single sunday you never yeah. miss yeah that's 52 hours of influence yeah. that we have over your child in one year 52 hours that's a little more than a work week you know what i mean like right yeah. and if 
if you have your child at home um, taking out school and sleeping, you have over 3,000 hours of time with your child. That's without sleeping and without school. Yeah. So what I can do in 52 hours is nothing compared to what you can do in 3,000. And I can teach them some great things in, in 52 hours, but if you're not, if you're not reinforcing them in those 3,000 hours, right. honestly, my time is kind of wasted, right? But yeah. if we were to partner together and I, I give them, uh, and it's, it's my goal that the hour they do come and spend with us is the best hour they've had all week. Better than school, better than hanging out with their friends. This is the best hour they could possibly have this week. And if they, if you leverage that and take that and and develop that over the time that you have with them during the week, what a great opportunity to build on um, some of the ideas that they're already learning. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. We send things home. We have a lot of information on the website and at your fingertips. So you know exactly what we've said to them. And so you could leverage that and use your influence to continually grow your child and, and to really help them change their life. This is, this, is a, this is a drop in the bucket type of thing, right? We, we don't usually get um, hit, hit with a tidal wave and then, and then change our lives, right? It has to be a slow uh, learned change so that we learn to live like Jesus and we learn to put him first in everything we do. Um, you know, Jesus wants us to know that he knows everything we're going to say before we say it, right? So we should think about what we say, right? He knows exactly what we're going to do before we do it. So we should think about what we do because we we want to be more like Jesus. That's the goal, right? So yeah, um, yeah. but parents, your influence is amazing. It, it's not really um, funny, but if you meet kids and then you meet a bunch of parents later, you can pretty much pair the parents and the kids up. There's a lot of mannerisms that are the same. There's a lot of ways that they talk that are the same, um, just the way they carry themselves. And that those are all learned things because you've used your influence over your child and they have developed right. to become a mini you. Right. And I think that's really funny when when my kids were a bit older and we would answer the phone, they had no idea who it was. Is this Jane? Is this so and so? Is this so and so? Right. Because we all sounded the same. We all kind of talk the same. I mean, if you see us all together, it's a, it's hilarious. We're all just like like we're all just one person. It's really, really fun. But lots of influence. Yeah, so true. Uh, I have a quote that I have on my uh, on my wall here at church and it says the leaders who have the most influence on people are those who are closest to them, right? So that mm -hmm. just speaks to what you're saying, Jane, that parents are the ones yeah. who are closest to their kids. So obviously, they're going to have the greatest amount of influence in their lives, right? So we're actually, as, as church staff, as church volunteers, we're actually playing a support role to what the parents are. They're the main characters in this play, right, on this adventure, and we're supporting them. We're trying to resource them and, again, offer them great experiences. And we always talk about the idea of widening the circle, that as parents, yes, we are the mm -hmm. chief influencers, but we need other people of like mind 
Yeah, I was just actually thinking about uh, parenting hours and parenting influence and how that's just increased with uh, stay at home <laughs> orders <laughs> and online schooling. And, uh, and sometimes I think that we've, you know, had our, our moments of lament or our moments of sadness about that because we like the way that the kids you know go to school and how our routines mm -hmm. are or whatever but I just thought gosh when you were saying that I was like you know it's really a gift that we got so many extra hours to mm -hmm. model and to uh, influence so mm -hmm. I'm just going to like, reframe yeah. all those hours as a as a gift <laughs> <laughs> but you said like you said like 52 hours versus 30,000 hours, right? 3,000. 3,000 yeah. 3, hours. And that's, and that's only one year, right? Yeah. Like multiply that over 18 years. Like that, that's mm -hmm. significant, significant. Um, so speaking to parents, uh, like how can parents kind of increase their influence um, in the faith development of their kids? Like what sort of things can they do um, to increase that, to encourage the yeah. faith development of their kids? Mm -hmm. I think one of the main things is that you can just normalize it. It doesn't have to be only um, reserved for Sundays. Yeah. You know, Sundays we go to church and Sundays we learn about Jesus. Well, um, you can use every day, every day issues and problems and joys to turn your child's attention to God. Um, God is in all the small things, right? And even taking a moment to notice, like the other day when it was snowing, right? Like what a great opportunity to talk about nature and and in the summer and in the spring and you see little bugs and you know god made all those things like those it's it's easy to forget i think as an adult um that there's a lot of wonder in the world and i think just um pointing that out to your kids is an amazing thing and just taking your your everyday issues and and problems and and turning them over to god and doing that like audibly or like with your children so that they can hear your faith and they can understand why why you're trusting and it just will help them to grow in their faith because they'll see for you it's not it's a normal thing it's not like an only sunday thing if it is an only sunday thing it's only going to be that for them because right. then yeah. who are you trusting the rest of the week yeah right 100 um, yeah. when my kids were little i used to sit in the same spot and I would do my devotions and they would come downstairs and they would kind of like, you know, because we're in a like a bi-level, they would kind of crouch down to see if I was in my spot. And oh, there I was, everything's right with the world. And I'll go along with get my breakfast or whatever, right? So just having that normal daily relationship and being being transparent with it so that your kids can see it and using the opportunities that, that come along. How um how how can we uh, as a church um and we as kids men and youth men, um, how can parents kind of leverage what we offer? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. Um, church is so important, right? Um, so we're here to partner with you. And we also want to resource you. We have, um, we have resources at our fingertips that you might not have. And we would love to put them into your hands so that um, if you're going through a stage, if you're going through something, um, or you just want to read up on different aspects of your child's development, uh, we have that kind of information. And we also, we want to love on your kids. Um, we have some of the most amazing people uh, who want to serve you and your kids each week. And it's overwhelming sometimes how much 
these people are willing to do or to give with their time and their talents. Like if you've ever looked at a large group where they're dressed up in ridiculous things and carrying on so that your child will get the truth of God's word, it is amazing. And surrounding your kids regularly with loving leaders, they get to hang out with their friends and all to learn about Jesus and his plan for them. Like what a great, what a great Sunday habit that is. Like, like through the week, you know, you're, you're, you're building it up and you're making it important to them. And it it is a habit that they will probably take through their whole life. Right. Like, why do you go to church? Right. Because you were brought to church as a child or um, it was, you know, something you did and, and you have grown a relationship with Jesus and you want to continue that. And you certainly want your kids to have that. No, that's amazing. Like, I think I think of our volunteers and you, you mentioned them. Um, and, and I say to, to our volunteers regularly, like, hey, like other people want to run away from kids or want to run away like they see a teenager coming and they go to the opposite side of the street like you have all chosen not to do that you've chosen the opposite you've chosen to lean in and go deep right and and they might smell they might they might be you know bring chaos with them but you say bring it on and 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 i love that and we've got yeah many dozens of, of great volunteers just ready and willing to invest in your kids and love on them and just reinforce uh, all those wonderful messages that you're living out at home. Yeah, I just want to say thank you again, Jane. I feel like we need to just regularly have you come and talk so we can just pick your brain about all things parenting, all things influence, all things faith. Uh, I know from from my perspective, this has been super refreshing and really helpful. So I um, think you just met me right where I'm at today. So oh, well. <laughs> thank, you. Awesome. thank you for that. Yeah, really. And this was just for you, Jen. Just for you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> but, All the you other know, Jens out there. Uh, God is really cool that way. Other parents out there who are in similar situation. And especially, I think yeah. that living in this time, we've really had to... Um, up our game as parents in terms of our influence with faith um, because we are <clears throat> we're being pulled in so many different directions and we're really mm -hmm. tired mm -hmm. and I think when you're tired and you're just hanging in there it's hard to just like really make a concerted intentional effort to be an influencer and yeah. I think that um, also it's hard sometimes to do all these transitions and now we're doing transitions and they don't look like the normal transitions anymore. There's no graduation parties. There's no, you know, all yeah. those things have changed too. So you don't have the opportunity to even preflect ahead and be like, oh, this is how it's going to be. You don't actually know anything. So you're doing it all from scratch. So I think mm -hmm. just to have the valuable insight that you and Martin brought today to reflect on is really, really helpful. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I love, love chatting about kids and, and parenting. So much fun. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, it's, uh, yeah, thank you, Jane. And as you know, um, you don't have to parent alone. That uh, as, as Jenna said, if you're, if you're struggling with transitions or just trying to figure things out or um, just questions about, is this normal that my child is doing this? <laughs> uh, please, please uh, don't go through those things alone. Reach out uh, again. We've got wonderful volunteers and staff and fellow parents 
who are part of Bethany that uh, just want to journey with you and help you. So, um, and this podcast is one of the ways that we do that. So thanks for tuning in and thanks for doing what you can to be the best, to bring your best to parenting. It's really appreciated. So uh, until next time, again, Jen and uh, Jane, thanks for being with us today and we'll, we'll see you later.